0: Why are these women pining after Dante? I, I've never understood. <laughs> I, what does he have to offer?
1: Welcome to the episode of Cine Nation. My name is Brandon Sparks. And here on Cine we discuss film genres and tropes and stories within them. Today I do not have Thomas Horton on the show, uh, but I do have David Glenn IV returning again for the second straight month in the r- row, I believe. Yeah, 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 in a row. Yeah. yeah, so you're you're getting it. You're getting reps in. Um, and David is here to join me and talk about the contained genre we've been talking about this month. And this month we talked about how these movies kind of invoke kind of paranoia and psychological factors. We talked about this in Rear Window. Um, we've talked about this in kind of other films that kind of do this, and then you have these kind of characters who are unable to leave but something that's keeping them there if it's her window with his leg if it's 12 angry men being and they're having to do the uh the do the trial the decision the yeah. decision um so yeah but, but but this genre yeah the paranoia and psycho- psychological factors really play into this like genre because you you're being I mean, after doing going through COVID, you get like when you're in the house for so long or right. one place for so long you kind of start to get uh, uh, going insane in some way or you start feeling the factors cabin fever cabin fever and start feeling the factors of what happens when you're in one place and so it's interesting it's interesting kind of doing this genre coming out of COVID for a little bit like, sure, or, yeah. or mostly coming out of COVID can probably relate more yeah it's like oh yeah I remember those days when, when I was just in this apartment uh And our room my roommate and me are just like sitting here talking for 15 minutes just to have some sort of human connection for the day um but yeah and so but yeah these characters aren't able to leave because something if it's COVID outside or if it's another reason uh and also these kind of movies have certain technical aspects uh of their shooting to try and make them more uh I guess more less stagey I guess is kind of the thing and more 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 wide canvas we talked about this with mother with mother being somehow in one house but feels like it's Going through war and all these different time, the history. Yeah, there and even, they also but,
0: do some interesting things with the with the sets and. Yeah, exactly,
1: know. exactly, and then but even Rear Window, the way Hitchcock directs it, it feels very open sure. and cinematic. Uh It doesn't always feel like it's one room. Uh, and t- today, I think somewhat all these factors play into this movie, absolutely, but in a different way. We've talked about kind of the '50s version. We've talked about the kind of more modern type with Mother, but this one we're talking kind of a more indie. Version of of, the, uh, of this type of film. We're talking about Clerks. Um, and so, so, today we're talking about the 1994 film Clerks, written and directed by Kevin Smith, uh, his directorial debut. Smith also co-stars in the film, along with co-editing and co-producing the film. The film stars Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson, Marilyn Gigliotti, a lot of the very Italian name, uh, Jason Mewes and Lisa uh Spoonier. Uh, I apologize to the cast if they're listening. Um,
0: Some very Jersey names.
1: Very Jersey, like Italian names that I have not uh, encountered in my life. Um, another another player in this was the film's co-producer, Scott Mosier, who edited the film with Smith and plays three roles in the movie. Uh, the film was also shot by David Klein, who would later shoot the majority of Smith's films and also episodes of The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett.
0: And I know Smith met Mosier in that that like program that he went to, but did yes. he also, didn't they also meet the DP there?
1: Yeah, they also met Klein. And for those who don't know, Clerks is about Dante Hicks, a complacent 20-something man, 22-year-old man, who is working at a little convenience store in his hometown in New Jersey. Uh, his best friend is Randall Graves, who works the video store next door. And Dante gets a call on his day off asking if he can work at the convenience store until noon that day. And Dante reluctantly, reluctantly agrees. While at work, he finds himself contemplating his relationships, his life decisions, and arguing with Randall on why Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back is the better Star Wars sequel.
0: Which is the, the correct take? Which
1: is true. And I, I, don't, I, I wasn't around in, in 90. Well, I mean, I was around 94, or three years old, but I wasn't in in the uh, pop culture conversation. Uh, and and so it's interesting, kind of hearing that, um, because I didn't know that was considered a hot take at that point. Like oh yeah, yeah. Like it's a hot take of like, oh, you like Empire more than Return, and like now it's kind of the common, yeah, yeah, thing. I don't know if it's like because there's no internet, people just assumed everyone thought this one way, or I mean it was pre-internet culture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so you picked this film today, David. So I have to ask, like, why? Like, what's your history with it? Why? Why Clerks?
0: Sure. Well, I came to Clerks. I think in high school, like a lot of people, and it, it was getting into like that entire video store generation. But to me, I think Clerks was the one that. I mean, I think Slacker seemed achievable, you know. But uh, at the same time, there's so many like people in that movie. I was like, do I even know enough people to, to like pull this off? I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of speaking roles in this as well. But like you mentioned, some of his friends play multiple, like three or four roles. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so like I think at that age, it just really spoke to me as like, wow, like he, he, he made this with his friends, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and, it, and it also like, not only that, it like captures his, t- it feels like it captures his hometown. Like it feels authentic. Like it feels like these are people live here. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to like, um, you know, like it, that, that's an important piece I think uh, of the story. So yeah, it's um, authentic. It's
1: re- realism. Right. Yeah.
0: So, so I mean, it spoke to me in that way. And then, um, yeah, I mean, so like that whole video store generation, this one just seemed the most achievable, but, to, to me at that age.
1: Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's one against, like, I think why Kevin Smith is, I mean, we, we've talked about this before, because Kevin Smith is kind of a character or person who uh i think the view of him has evolved over the last 30 years sure. in some way and i think he
0: some it's, of his own comments have played into that like yeah, yeah. i know he doesn't necessarily consider himself a, a quote-unquote like real filmmaker, filmmaker, and he's not yeah. necessarily a student of artist. film in the same yeah. way that like spike lee or like or even link later or you I, know, well i yeah.
1: i think he yeah. somewhat is i just think he hides it very sure. well I well think i mean
0: like and some of the decisions in this movie are way better than things he way he would shoot things later. Yeah. Um like like having watched Clerks too like a few days before I rewatched Clerks. Yeah. It's interesting like the way he stages like he really uses the space at the store yeah. in, in in like how he stages dialogue scenes and stuff as yeah. opposed to Clerks too, where it's like most of the time they're just standing behind the counter like talking like two in a two shot a three shot just yeah, talking yeah. but here he like really uses the space like one scene that stood out to me was when he's talking to they're under the desk and he's talking to veronica and like yeah, yeah, it's early on. yeah yeah Yeah, and it's like it just didn't seem like the way he would have staged that later on in his That's career fair. Yeah. i
1: mean yeah. it, i think it's, it, it, it was a i'll use a quote i mean gene siskel says it's a very raw movie and it is for kind of a raw unfiltered film sure. both in, in the way it's shot and what's talking about um, but no yeah, I think Smith's stuff, <clears throat> I think again, I, I watched it when when I was in high school and I think his films are kind of like he, I think so I think it was Patrick Willems that said like he's kind of like a gateway drug yeah. for, for someone who's into film, is that you you become interested in things like clerks or chasing Amy or Mall rats because it's it's you it's like it's a bunch of your friends shooting the shit about right. movies or, or life in general. And it's I mean, Dyson confuses this way too with with Link later. Um, and that's that's relatable. And I think um sometimes that hasn't aged as well with people in terms of the content that's discussed. Um, but I think when watching Clarks this time, it's like it's it's still I think it holds up. Some people don't think it holds up. I think it holds up. I think you have to take into account the timing uh, the time of this and how much he spent twenty-seven thousand dollars. Yeah or twenty-seven thousand dollars two hundred two hundred and fifty, I think, or something like that. For the budget of this movie, yeah. which is just kind of um And
0: I do wonder how much of that went to music because I I, remember, I was hearing this. Well that comes
1: in later. Yeah, that well, comes we'll in come later. Up. Um because because I, I don't I think when they initially showed it, none of that stuff oh, music right, right. was in there. Yeah, that was
0: that was hundred percent Weinstein money. 100%. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that was Miramax. Yeah. Um but no, yeah, so hit but yeah, his his it's interesting watching it because like it Clarks is kind of the Cinderella story yeah. is the thing. Well,
0: it's, put the budget on credit cards. And, yeah, it's you know, like it's, sold his comic book collection. Yeah, it's, and, th- it's
1: the it's the it's the kind of the
0: exception to the rule in mm-hmm. a way. I think a lot of people when he did this, it, like, oh, I'm
1: going to do the same thing, and you're like, don't do that. No,
0: like, and even he admits, like, I was so naive at yeah. the time, like, you know, expecting this to even like anything to even come of this. Yeah,
1: I, like, I, yeah, it's like and like him, like say Robert Townsend with Hollywood Shuffle, like these yeah. movies that did that. You're like they're they're kind of the exception to the rule. It's one hundred percent. I know, like, like
0: how many kids. In that era, put money on credit cards, never yeah. paid that debt off, never you know, that or, debt or off, still paying it. Yeah. and
1: and like and but they made their movie, and that's kind of the thing. And he was very much like I, know, I think he said like the one reason why I put himself in the movie was because if it failed, he could be like, hey, I was in it, I did it, I, I proved that I was in this movie and I did it. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, but it, it's it feels very much like it is kind of a one in a million shot. It is this kind yeah. of Cinderella story of this movie, and this, these filmmakers kind of, I guess, finding a. A niche, or finding a demographic that they felt wasn't being uh, uh, focused on in sure. some way at that point, and I in think time. it also
0: kind of captures that whole like '90s slacker yeah, it's, mentality, G- Generation like, X
1: yeah. like type people just like ah, oh, screw yeah. the world, like I'm it's complacent and mm-hmm. I'm I hate, I hate, and the whole them.
0: college debate too, because I mean. I mean, yeah. me growing up, like, my parents were harping on me on college, but I know that was even more so in the 90s, like, yeah, yeah, really yeah. harping on, like, you will not be successful in life if you do not yeah, go to college. Yeah,
1: yeah. but it's like, that was the thing, yeah, yeah. In, in the 80s and 90s, like, oh, if you, get, you gotta go to college, that's how you, like, you move up in the world type thing, and so, yeah, Dante is 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 stuck. He yeah. is, and I think, st- I think it's still relatable for 20-somethings or 30-somethings or what, even really, even older, it's like you find yourself working at a dead-end job. Yeah. And um or
0: even like stuck in your hometown, like stuck you in your hometown. No way to escape, and, but yeah, it's
1: yeah. like yeah. I mean, yeah. Everyone, every character you kind of see is like someone from your previous history. Of like, oh yeah, yeah, I used to sleep with your girlfriend, man. Like whatever that dude, the the bodybuilder or the 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 trainer, the trainer guys. Guy like, oh yeah, you're gonna over, you're gonna have shape, man. <laughs> I heard you, Winston, when you got that milk up, when you picked that milk up. Um, but yeah, Clerks, it has this, it, it has this charm to it, and it has, I think, a reliability that will will always kind of. Um, be preserved in some way. I think it's it still will always be. There's always gonna be someone who is unhappy in the situation they're currently in, and they don't know how to get out of it, and they just stay in it. And yeah. that's and that and they have the kind of friends like Randall, um, that Dante has. So it's very very relatable. Um, the, any thoughts come to you this time when rewatching it. like like anything new that you noticed or whatever
0: well I think it is it it was how how Smith stages some of the scenes I I just really think he's making like a young like young filmmaker choices that and maybe it was just like when he got the more budget more budgets and you know bigger casts, and he could like he was just willing to just let them like play the scene you know stand around and play the scene as opposed to like he really, like, it's just really interesting how he uses space. Um, there's some visual gags that I don't think came into play later. I mean, maybe Jay mm-hmm. and Silent Bob uh, Strike Back had some visual yeah. gags as well. But yeah,
1: he does, yeah, he does some interesting stuff where he'll cut to Jay and, and Bob, yeah. Silent Bob, well, outside during conversations yeah. inside. It's an interesting kind of technique that he does. Uh,
0: um, and the dancing scene this is probably the best thing he's ever filmed, as far as I <laughs>
1: Well, I'll come into play later. I have a little (laughs) note about that, apparently. Um, So, yeah. So, let's get into kind of the history of how this movie came to be and how it got to production. Um, A lot of this information came from Vice's article from 2019 called The Improbable True Story of How Clerks Was Made. Um, So, when talking about Clerks, the name that will always be tied to it is writer-director Kevin Smith. In the last 30 years, very few filmmakers have become so synonymous with one movie like Smith has um,
0: and he always says, like, everybody needs their one. Yeah. yeah. And this is his one. This is
1: his one, yeah. Um, among other filmmakers of the era, like Steven Soderbergh, Linklater, Allison Anders, Robert Rodriguez, and several other filmmakers, Smith was seen as one of the rising stars in the American indie movement. Um, before Smith was becoming the toast of the town for his realistic portrayal of regular people just shooting the shit. Smith was just a young man living in New Jersey. Uh, Kevin Smith was born to Grace and Donald E. Smith in Red Bank, New Jersey, with two older siblings, Virginia and Donald Donald Jr. Smith. Uh, He says his childhood was scheduled around his father's work schedule, who worked late shifts at the local post office. Smith saw how his dad disliked his job, and he wanted to make sure he didn't fall into a job that he despised. In high school, Smith made comedy skits inspired by SNL and videotaped basketball games, kind of as part of his, I guess, free time or whatever. And on his 21st birthday, Smith's life was altered when he saw Richard Linklater's film Slacker. Linklater shot the film, film in his hometown of Austin, Texas, and Smith was inspired by how the film was made and the story it was telling. And that's when he realized he wanted to be a filmmaker. After studying the films of any directors like Spike Lee, Hal Hartley, and Jim Jarmusch, Smith decided to attend the Vancouver Film School uh, in Canada. The school was an eight-month program, but Smith dropped out after four months. When looking back on the program, he told Film School Rejects that he became disenchanted with the program because for those four months, they weren't really making anything. It wasn't practical. And so they were just watching movies and discussing them.
0: Which he could do at the video store.
1: That's exactly what he said. At that moment, it was a lot of silence and lambs, and the instructor trying to tell me what Demi was saying with Silence and Lambs in a particular scene. And I was like, you know, dude, I think I have a good shot at deciphering what Demi was trying to say as you do. He's I think he said like I would only like listen to like Demi to tell me like what's what he was trying to say. Um, he thought he thought if all he was paying for was sit around and discuss movies, he could just go back home and do it at the video store free. <laughs> um, so Smith had a week to decide if he wanted to drop out because if you left soon enough, like at kind of at the midway point, you get some of your, money back, you some you your money back. And so he waited a week and decided to drop out and go back home. But during those four months, he met two collaborators that would become important to his career in the history of clerks. Uh, And there he met his future producing partner, uh, Scott Mosier, and his director of photography, David Klein. They all agreed that once... Mosier and Smith kind of agreed that once one of them gets their script done, uh, they would help make that person's feature. And he said, I'll come back to Vancouver and help you make yours, or you'll come to Jersey and help me make mine. And so Smith wandered back to New Jersey with a little bit of money in his pocket from the tuition that he saved uh, that he planned on using to make his feature. Smith then moved back home and returned to his old job as a clerk at a convenience store in Leonardo, New Jersey. He came back earlier than expected, so he asked the owner of the convenience store and video store, Miss Topper, I believe is what he said, uh, who he'd come back to work. He also asked her if he could shoot his movie in the convenience store when he had his script written, and she agreed. Um, Kevin uh, then began writing the script for clerks, hoping to pull from his real-life stories of working at the store and the people that he knew and the kind of conversations he was having. One of the people that inspired a role was his friend Jason Muse. Muse was a young was younger than Smith, and Smith initially didn't like Muse because uh, his friends thought Jason Muse was funnier, uh, and Smith didn't like that his friends now had a funnier friend than him. He was funnier and younger. Muse um, started showing up at his house all the time, and and Smith's like, "Why the hell are you here? Like we're like we're not friends. We're friends. We have some some of our friends. But we're not friends. Friends, uh, but they became friends uh, because their love of comics, I believe." And Smith thought he was funny and decided to like write the part of Jay for him. I think he asked like, "Do people think you're funny?" And Jay's like, "I don't know. I've always people always laughed and laughed at me." It's like, hey, "What about outside of New Jersey or outside of Moore Park County?" Because yeah. I've
0: never been outside of Moore Park County. Well, also like, what a blessing to have that friend because it seems like Jason would literally do anything in front of the camera. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, I'll come and play later. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's it's. I think I think weirdly when looking, watching Clerks. I think certain actors you don't realize that they seem fearless, right? Actually, are actually kind of terrified yeah. in the moment. Um, Muse being one of them, and also Jeff Anderson, who plays Randall, I think is also another one. Um, so when Ryan Clark Smith also drew from or drew inspiration from several places outside of his life. Smith took inspiration from Spike Lee's Day in the Life Structure of Do the Right Thing, which came out in 89, and he also took inspiration uh, from the 14th century epic poem, The Divine Comedy, specifically (laughs) Dante's Inferno, which is where the lead character Dante Hicks gets his name from. Um, That's why the film is divided into the nine small parts with the kind of titles above it, representing the nine realms of hell, or nine rings of hell in Inferno. Um, After he finished writing the script, it was reportedly 168 pages long, the first draft. Which is insane. Uh, movie was only ninety-two
0: minutes, so they cut a lot. Um, I've also read one of the drafts in the. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, stuff that was cut. Well, there we go. Smart. Yeah. It wasn't that. It wasn't that long, but it was. Uh, it was like one hundred fifty pages. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, once the script, once the script was complete, Smith began holding auditions for the parts, and several local theater actors showed up for the prepared. Showed up with prepared monologues for their auditions. Um, the lead role of Dante was going to go to his buddy Ernie O'Donnell, I believe, uh, but he couldn't play the part for some reasons. A reason, uh, and during auditions, Smith met Brian O'Halloran. But when O'Halloran had auditioned, Dante was already cast. Uh, Smith told him that his audition was great, and that if he had a villain role for the film, he'd be perfect for it. <laughs> um, Smith later called called him back up a few days later once O'Donnell had dropped out. It seems, and uh, he a- asked Brian to kind of come read a scene from the movie or reads some scenes in the movie. And the one that he read as audition piece for Kevin Smith was the death star uh, contract contract or contractor scene uh, about blowing up and return of the Jedi. And after that Smith offered him the part. Um, The next person to get a role was Marilyn uh, Gigliotti who would play Veronica Dante's current girlfriend. Apparently Marilyn landed the role because she impressed Smith with her ability to cry on cue in her monologue uh Marilyn Marilyn and brian had actually worked together before and i think a play or two because they were all actors in the local theater scene um jeff anderson who played randall graves would soon showed up at the auditions not with the intention of auditioning but just to hang out with his friends who all were <laughs> um because anderson didn't plan on auditioning he didn't have anything prepared he's like ah screw it i'll give it a try uh and smith allowed him to read a scene as jay not randall uh for his audition and smith said he had a present so he liked him and, and later would cast him um, the hardest role to cast was Caitlin Bree, Dante's ex-girlfriend that he is still hung up on uh, after they broke up when she went to college. Uh, after not getting anyone from the audition, Smith showed up at a local acting class to watch people do scene studies. Uh, he liked one of the actress Lisa Spoonier, uh, and he asked her to read his script because he had a part for her. He was like, "It's not porn. I promise. It's uh, it's real." <laughs> um, and like Kevin yeah, Smith thing to see. Yeah, he, he said like he kind of went up to her like in the parking lot. He was like, yeah, it felt very weird. But he was like, hey, I loved your stuff. Like, he's like, I got a script for you. And she's like, okay. And two days later, she called him up and said, hey, I'll do it. Um, several other bit parts are played by friends of Smith, like Scott Mosier, who came to Jersey to produce the film. And with the Smith. guy that's
0: in Comic Book Men, too, right?
1: Was Walt, uh, Walt Flanagan is, is yeah, the name. Yeah, yeah. so I'll come in the play. Like, yeah, Walt Flanagan, who plays like four roles. Um, Mosier would play three. One of the ones he, pl- he agreed to play was Snowball. Uh... <laughs> Because no one wanted to play him because they thought it was embarrassing. Was like, I don't care. Um, several other smaller roles were, ca- were cast based on people replying to an ad. I don't know if it was in the newspaper or whatever. Um, initially, Smith was going to hire a professional cinematographer to shoot the film. He said he had seen an ad for John Thomas, who had shot Whit, Whit Stillman's Metropolitan, which was kind of an indie darling a little mm-hmm. bit before this. It was in like a, like a cinematographer magazine or something that he saw the net number in. Smith wanted to hire him, but Scott Mosher suggested hiring someone who had... Who, who was as inexperienced as they were, because he feared that a more professional DP would try to run the set, like and kind of take control of it over them. So Mosher and Smith reached out to their former film school classmate Dave Klein, who was only 19 at the time, oh, when wow. he agreed to shoot the movie. Um, Smith then began putting the money together for the film. He used some of his leftover money from the Vancouver Film School. He sold uh, Vancouver Film School. He kept. Uh, he sold his comic book collection or pawned it off. And he asked his parents for the final $3,000 to get the care package for the film. His parents agreed to give him money, but it was their entire life savings at the time. Uh, his father told Smith that if he didn't pay them back, he'd have to work for another 10 years past retirement to get it back. A lot of pressure there. Um, now with the crew, cast, and the money, Smith was ready to shoot his directorial debut, and that leads us to favorite scenes so David, what is one of your favorite scenes in this movie
0: uh well obviously the the uh Death Star uh, contractor debate yeah. is, is great. Great scene. Um, I love I, I love Silent Bob uh, when Silent Bob and, and Jay dancing, but when Silent Bob finally like starts dancing, because it like cuts away from them. Yeah. And I don't remember what the conversation is, but then it cuts back to them outside, and then Silent Bob finally gets down. So I I really yeah. do think that's one of the best scenes that. Yeah. And I wasn't it that he said like all the crew had to leave, and it was just them yes. two, and they, that's why the camera's just stationary, just yes. sitting there, and they were like. Jason
1: Mewes right. was too uh was too nervous and kind of scared to dance in front of people so smith just set the camera and said like okay just go and, and basically everyone i guess hit in the video store as muse was like yeah. doing his dance outside um man that's a great scene it's fun it's also kind of like again that that's the one part because it's one that's actually shot at night right um and uh it it's uh uh it's it's fun scene because it's so it's almost like i don't say noir but it has this very like contrasty like like yeah. dark image which is kind of interesting it's it's well, it's it, fun it, to it see. It gives you a
0: different vibe than when they're in the yeah. convenience store. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And you he, like, say, like, okay, we're it's a day in the life type thing, is what we're kind of getting. Right. But No, it's fun. Yeah, the Death, the Death Star contractor scene is so fun because it's like it's just working because going out working at, at, working at a video store because like this is what Rain, Rain, the whole conversation spurs from Rainbow watching like Return of the Jedi. It's like oh, I was thinking like, man, they just like they killed all these contractors like all these like, in, like it's still being built. Still being built. It's, built. Being it's like built. the first. It's like they couldn't get all these like like, like a stormtrooper doesn't know how to like have put plumbing in for a bat over a toilet like you gotta get some 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 random guy to do that and and it's like just a a, a such a like a non sequitur like such a tangent question to be like let's talk about this it's just so out there and then you have this like I think what makes Kevin Smith's kind of, Smith kind of brilliance that it's not just Dante and Randall talking about it it's then you eye, have a, it's adding third guy, oh no I'm a roofer <laughs> yeah <laughs> but also just kind of shows like Ebert with other say like it really it's a slice of like middle-class life is kind of this movie. And oh, I true. think that, again, our working-class life. Um, and adding a little piece of this contract, this roofer, it, it adds something to that. and uh, kind of goes with that kind of
0: vibe it's going for. And I think one of the reasons that that, that conversation holds up so much is that it, it's not necessarily the, the media that they're talking about is the joke. Yeah. Whereas in his later films, it's always like yeah, this pop culture true. reference, that's this true. pop culture Whereas they're taking yeah. a, a situation, a very like specific situation within Return of the yeah. Jedi. You know, yeah, not even like a piece of the film. It's like he's just he just started thinking about this random thought. Like, yeah. Well, these people. It's are,
1: like oh, this is a movie I love, but right. Here's just a weird thing with it.
0: So I and I think not even just Smith did that. Like I think a lot of those like you know spoof movies and all, all those would, would like hey here's a quick pop culture. I mean joke. it's it's yeah.
1: it's Tarantino and, yeah. and Reservoir Dogs talking about like a virgin. It's like it's like the kind of in terms of like like right analyzing a pop culture thing and yeah. making it not just like let's talk about this song. It's like no here's my take. Here's my really yeah. I, there's a point like I, I feel like there's a I don't remember what movie was but like. Tarantino would just pop him in movies, that people, like, indie films, he'd just, like, let him, like, go on. Oh, and his Top Gun spiel? Yeah, his Top Gun yeah. spiel, yeah, 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 Like, it's, like, you just have him go on for a whole, like, hot take. It's just, he's just there to do that. Um, But that's what kind of makes him him, and in a way, early on, that's what kind of makes Smith right. Smith. It's, like, it's not just, like, it's not just debating over which if empire returns better, it's the like detail of like...
0: Like this minutia, yeah.
1: This minutiae that's like no one else is gonna think about.
2: In order to get it built quickly and quietly, they'd hire anybody that can do the job. Think the average stormtrooper knows how to install a toilet main? All they know is killing in white uniforms. All right, so they're in independent contractors. Why are you so upset at its destruction? All those innocent contractors brought in to do the job were killed. Casualties of a war they had nothing to do with. All right, look, you're a roofer. Some juicy government contract comes your way. You got a wife and kids, the two-story in suburbia. This is a government contract, which means all sorts of benefits. Along come these left-wing militants who blast everything within a three-mile radius with their lasers. You didn't ask for that. You have no personal politics. You're just trying to scrape out a living. Excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, what are you talking about? The ending of Return of the Jedi. My friend here is trying to convince me that any independent contractors who were working on the uncompleted Death Star were innocent victims when they were destroyed by the Rebels. Well, I'm a contractor myself. I'm a roofer. Done and ready. Home improvements.
1: Going off the working class, I also just kind of love the side, uh, the the eggs guy, who keeps trying oh, to find the perfect eggs.
0: Which who, isn't that... Um isn't that uh? that's um, Walt, Walt, Walt Flanagan, Flanagan. Yeah. Walt
1: Flanagan yeah it, it, Yeah. I think I think Smith called him like the Lon Chaney of, of indie filmmaking <laughs> or something because he could just do it. He's, he's he's that guy he's the guy who gets offended by the the yeah the whatever yeah about, what are
0: about I can't remember I what they're talking about he's looking at the he's looking at a magazine it's, it's like the
1: a- kind of penthouse or whatever he's talking about but yeah, he's like I'm a f- did um and they but he also plays like other characters too but yeah I, it's But I love it's it's the random woman that i don't think we ever, we ever see again she's like oh yeah uh he must be a guidance counselor i, I bet he's a guidance counselor oh, that he snapped yeah yeah he snapped it's like he goes because he's like he's like she's like what like what's the most useless job in the world and that's a guidance counselor and i was like yeah no you think about it. my guidance counselor in high school is kind of terrible he didn't do anything for me um and so he's like, yeah, she's she's like, kind of how like, oh, yeah. basically it, like, it happens all the time. It's kind of the funny, part. She's like, Oh yeah, it happens like two or three weeks over at the that grocery store right. there. He says all it says he sees all the time. They just like they let them do their thing and they don't they don't complain. They they always pay for the the eggs they break or something. Then you just have Walt just like smashing it against the 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 uh the glass or whatever of the freezer. Um, no, it's just kind of fun. again he had these like fun little things. Another thing I love a, a sequence or a, a kind of a scene is when. When both Randall and Dante are complaining about their jobs. Yeah, I figured that was with the Oh time. the video yeah, the video source yeah, with, with Randall being just like the like the people are like, Yay, new releases and they're yeah, of the new release thing.
0: It zooms out and it's like right behind her. Yeah,
1: and it's the like uh um Ooh, Navy SEALs, uh which is just a line that's always in my head for some reason that has like no pop culture relevance at all for some reason. But I just ooh, navy seals I think as Logan always like says it. Um but yeah, it's the, like asking where the new releases are like Remember that movie with the guy that came out last year? Oh, the, I got that at the movie theater, too. Oh, all yeah, the had all the time. Yeah. I remember one, I wasn't there for this, but I remember like one lady came in at, when I was work, back in Alabama working at a video store, and she asked, like, uh, I'm looking for this movie in the trailer. Uh, it's a guy who, like, wakes up underground. That's all she said. What? And, and the lady who was there uh, basically somehow was able to decipher what movie it was. It was like the remember the movie Invisible or something it was like the guy who he's been killed and he's trying to and he's ba- basically like a ghost and he's trying to tell his, his old friend that like like solve the murder of who killed him I think it's called The Invisible I don't think I ever saw this
0: but I I remember I it, so I never would have followed Yeah her she somehow
1: her. remember but it's like apparently like in the trailer they're like that's a clip or something she's able to decipher it You
2: know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store Which ones all of them What would you get
1: for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed?
2: So, do you have any new movies in? Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Ooh! Navy Seals! It's like, in order to join, they have to have an IQ less than their shoe size. You think you get stupid questions? You should hear the barrage of stupid
0: questions I get. What do you mean there's noise? You mean I gotta drink this coffee hot? Huh? I also love when they play hockey on the roof. That's a great scene.
1: Yeah, that was my next scene. I, oh, I that okay. that's the scene I love. It's it's like the thing with Dante is like he he he's not supposed to be at work today. And like he And he wa- repeats that he repeats that like nine times or something like that. And he wants to go to his hockey game. That's the but he wants to go to his hockey game. And uh, the best way to do it is bring the hockey to. There's just like, I mean, I see hockey was never a big thing for like, me in Alabama. Or oh, in Kentucky, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, I, I don't know it's if that's definitely just, a north, northern, a nor, northeastern thing because I have winters, is the thing. We don't have, I mean, I don't really have winters in, in Alabama where it snows or or you can do that. So I like, I, yeah, it just wasn't around. But, um, so it's interesting kind of like seeing movies this era, like really going to hockey if it's this or if it's even like Wayne's World. Sure, yeah. When they're like playing hockey. So, like, it's always like, that's just a, that is really just a, um, a foreign kind of thing to me is, like, liking hockey. Not against it. I want to go to a hockey game. But, uh, but yeah, it's, like, it's a fun sequence of just, like... Also, Scott Mosier coming up, just, like, I could probably... I could kill all you guys in hockey. He's like, just yeah, open yeah. the store. And then he just, like, basically, like, smacks that ball, like, out of the park. And it's the only ball they have. It's the only ball they have, and that's the running bit of just, like, who brings one ball? It's true. Who brings one ball to a to a
0: game? It's, yeah. like... I love the guy that, that the guy with the ponytail. I don't I don't remember the character's name, but he um, the, the Gator- l- Gatorade guy. Yeah, they got, they yeah. just, all he wants is the Gatorade. <laughs> the Gatorade. Oh man, get goes
1: Gatorade! But I love the callback to that later yeah. when he's like, like hey, what, grab me a Gatorade. He said, "Oh man, there are no Gatorade. I know <laughs> they drank them all." Um, and uh, he's like, "If you get a Gatorade, then everybody's gonna want to get it." And that's that exactly what happens. That's that's what happens all the time. If yeah. one person gets something, the next person wants the exact same thing. I hadn't find information on this, but like I wonder how they shot the like daytime stuff. Like I wonder if he did just like
0: close the store and close just the store and shoot that.
1: I'm not sure because like it's it's kind of one where like he, he worked from like I'll come back into it later, but he worked basically all day. At this convenience right. store, and then film at night, yeah. and then film at night. So I'm like,
0: how do you how do you shoot the video store scenes? Yeah. How do you shoot the? What's interesting too is there's a lot of cutaways in that hockey scene, more so than than in most of the rest of the movie. So yeah, I, yeah. I wonder if they shot that over multiple days or, or
1: probably because I mean that's that's just kind of one of his big set pieces, is right. the Thing that's one of his big set pieces. Well, it's one of the
0: few times we like are outside of the
1: yeah. story. I mean. And that's one of the few times where there's a lot of actors. Oh yeah, in true. It. Yeah, it's yeah. like when you look at kind of that. It's like that scene. Like the other very quick scene is like when they're
0: like. Banging on the door like zombies.
1: Oh yeah! When they when he's gone to the wake. Yeah.
0: Um, Another great scene, which is not great. Yeah, the wake. Even just in the car. So it's. I I I don't know if I just was paying more attention to like how he shot that, but leading up to it when they're having the discussion about um, how Mm -hmm. Randall's cousin died, um, (laughs) and they're panning. It's just whip pans back and forth. This entire conversation. Yeah. And I don't know. I just that that just didn't seem like a decision that I think Smith would have made in the in the mid two thousands. You know.
1: No, it'd probably just be like a single like camera. Like Mounted to the car, yeah. Mounted the car. Um, I mean, that scene's great. I mean, I guess I'll talk about that later. The lost scene.
0: Oh, oh, of the of the funeral,
1: yeah. Oh, I mean, I'll talk about here because because it, it's basically they the scene. for people don't know, it's like it's it's a scene where Randall and Dante they're going to a funeral of. Uh, a, a girl that they went to high school with, and specifically that Dante slept with. Yeah, it's, one of his illustrious 12. twelve, as as Randall says. Yes, yeah, one of his illustrious twelve, as Randall says. And and they're going. He's closed the store, and what is kind of the genius of it, uh, the indie kind of aspect. It's the one time we're kind of outside the store in this kind of contained movie. Um, is that he? Uh, they get there, and Smith, because it's it's probably it'd be such a big set piece of yeah. like essentially Randall knocks over the casket and. Everyone chases them out the, out the door and they're running and driving away. And they couldn't show that. They couldn't do that. So they just, it's a great kind of prep and aftermath where they're prepping to go into the funeral parlor. And then it's five minutes later, everyone's yelling and they're running out of the funeral parlor. And I wonder if they could even get access to go into it. Cause I don't think they yeah. even go into the door. I think they just walk up to no, the yeah. porch. Yeah. And, and they're running. The title card that says yeah, and they're running from the porch. So six I, wonder minutes later, if, well. I wonder if they stole that shot too. Um, and yeah, she's like, who, we had, why'd you knock the casket? I was just leaning on it. I didn't know it was that weak. It's like. I love what Dante because Her
0: body fell out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Her body fell out. But yeah, and so and then later on, they did like. A, he, he Smith had written it apparently and storyboarded yeah. or whatever, but they didn't have the money to make it. And so it later became a animated sequence, I guess, in the uh uh director's
0: cut. Or extended cut, I think.
1: Extended it cut it. is what it was. Yeah. And it's called the Lost Scene. But yeah, uh, but with that, even without that kind of thing, I actually I think it actually might work better. No, I without agree. Yeah. showing it. I think yeah. that's the fun part. It's it's the there's more laughter. I think there's more humor in the not seeing of it all. Yeah, because
0: then you picture it in your mind. Yeah, like,
1: it's like it's like a horror film with a scare. It's like with the killing. It's like it's yeah. almost better not to see it and just hear it or whatever. Or if it's like a silhouette of it and actually see it full hand. Yeah, because you fill in the gaps. Yeah. You fill in the gaps, and it's you're like, oh my god, Randall actually knocked over a casket, and the lady fell, and a girl fell out. Um and so yeah, I think that's that's a great scene. Doesn't
0: Randall also call it like the social event of the season? Because Social event have,
1: season, all their old old high school yeah. buddies are gonna be there, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna go see them all. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do works the video uh, store. One
0: of my favorite lines that they both say multiple times is bunch of savages in this yeah, town. We have people bunch yeah, of
1: savages in this town. You you mentioned the 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 stuff with Veronica. I actually like the stuff with Veronica.
0: Um the like, the thirty-six uh <laughs> yes, that so she actually when she signed my DVD DVD, oh. so she wrote in quotes something like thirty-six Oh wow! Yeah, and then the the Chulies guy wrote "Buy Chulies Gum." Yeah, buy um,
1: Chulies Gum. Yeah. Thirty six
0: dicks. Thirty uh, seven. Thirty seven in a row. In a row. That's
1: apparently the line that had the Miramax executive who was like development guy when he read the script. He came to that line and like died out laughing. Oh, really? And then was just like, "We have to purchase this movie just based off that line." It was what what did it? Wow. Um, but no, yeah, it's a great great it's great but no but like Dante that whole scene like when they're talking about the relationship and like when you said that when he's when he's like painting your nails, and like when they're down behind the counter and still like talking about how much they leave money or whatever do
0: you actually trust the customers to take the right amount of change
1: just like oh no we have money sitting around people think they're being watched or whatever so they just they take it um no I think it's like because Dante it's interesting it reminds me a little bit going off of um just talking about rear window weirdly is it Stewart's character, Jeff, uh, LB Jeffries, Jeff, is like doesn't want Grace Kelly because like it's almost too perfect. Sure, in a way, the relationship's too perfect. She does everything for him. She has this. She has that. It's too perfect, and he ends up falling for it in the end of the movie, and it's over. But Dante's the opposite. Dante has literally a perfect relationship, yeah, and gives it up for someone who screwed him over.
0: And it literally takes so many times. It literally takes Silent Bob to like spell it out for you. Yeah, it it, it is takes one line.
1: Yeah, one line. By that point, it's like, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, we're like, it's like Clark's is like a funny tragedy a lot sure. of the time. It's like, it's the like, yeah, it's like he realizes too late. Stuart realizes early enough, oh, cool, I can, I, I need to be with this woman. And Dante realizes too late, oh, yeah, I really did have the perfect thing. And I was just so hung up on this girl from high school that yeah. cheated on me eight and a half times, is the thing. Um, relatable but yeah it's like he, he, he it's like yeah he he has some so she makes him food she comes to see yeah, him brings lasagna brings him what was it Smith? Like, oh she's or was it Muse? oh she's always rubbing your back or yeah. something
0: <laughs> see i feel like so i know like i know smith had written him lines but i feel like some of the time he's kind of riffing a little bit jason Muse, probably yeah because yeah. like well especially like when he's outside. what does he call um the the metal band fuck you yankee blue jeans yeah. i don't know it's just like lines like that you're like yeah, like this just seems having met Jason Mewes too at the same time he also signed my DVD sleeve having met him it just seems like his personality yeah. you know you have that that, that random metal guy Berserker <laughs> oh yeah Olaf I have that shirt too like I'm wearing my oh, my, my <laughs> clerk shirt but I have one of Olaf saying Berserker it's oh it's, man so deep, deep cut we're going on with the Veronica
1: stuff I also like when she breaks up with him when she breaks up with Dante and he's like no I love you and she's just like get out of my life type thing because yeah she's like let's like I was like here for you when like you didn't want to go to college, I was here for all this, and now you're, like, you think 36 is going to be a number? Oh, just wait.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I love her introduction, too, how she – It's the Chulies guy has, yeah, has yeah, riled yeah. up the customers, yeah. and she comes in and sprays them with the the, uh, uh-huh. the fire extinguisher, which is just a great int- – Actually, I think all three of them have great introductions, Dante in the closet, Dante, yeah. and then Randall coming up and messing with the customer. is uh, great, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. it's—I it, mean, it, I mean, yeah, it's like they all kind of have specific – introductions and even i mean to a point even with um uh caitlin caitlin he builds her up enough because when you introduce her it's actually it's he's in the convenience store and he goes caitlin and that doesn't show her right cuts to i think randall at the video store oh a big choice yeah yeah and so it's like it's built it's 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 holding that anticipation even more for caitlin and then it's like and she's like, Oh hey, I just got in like tonight. And then they go into the video store and have their conversation, which is another good scene of just like of basically her real hey, he's Dante's found out she's engaged uh to, to an a, Asian design major Asian design major from college that she that she goes to. And then he's like, Oh no, like I and we've been really hitting off
0: the past few weeks. Like, I, it's well, because they've been talking on the phone, but she has not mentioned this guy this at entire all. time. She hasn't mentioned her boyfriend. And apparently he proposed to her like a month before or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and,
1: and she, I, I didn't say no, but I didn't say yes, and blah, blah, blah. And so we're just kind of there. But like, I, I think with this, again, this movie really kind of like, it, it get, like, for characters who are 22, it's like, it feels like, like they're talking about love and marriage, I feel like at a very young age, I guess, in my opinion. But- that begins to happen at that point. I think I think those conversations they're having at 22 or conversations people have at 25, at 30, or whatever. Right. It's like they, they're they all characters who, in some cases like Veronica, who's someone trying to better herself. You have people who are like Dante who are complacent and that way really know what to do. And Randall, who's kind of like accepted the fact of where he's at. That's the kind yeah. of thing about Randall. Is that he's accepted it and he... Learns to have fun with. Yeah, it. and
0: he's the only one that tells everybody how it is. Like he has no yeah. filter in that regard. Yeah, it's, just it's say like, he'll say is what he feels.
1: When he spits the drink at the dude, yeah. he's just like, yeah. If like it's like if I couldn't do that, I wouldn't do that, but I can. <laughs> um. So he just likes pushing the boundaries. But yeah, I think. Sure. And again, Randall's amazing in this movie. Jeff Anderson as Randall is is kind of the. I feel like like Dante is the lead, but Randall's the. You can't
0: have clerks without Randalls, kind of thing. No. I, think, I think that it's like, and he's also the only one that will tell Dante how, like the the yeah. only one that will tell Dante how it is. Well, that's what makes them kind of
1: best, yeah. like, great right. friends. Is like they're assholes to each other, yeah, but they still love one another in a way. And like even when Randall, like, when Randall's like kind of telling Veronica all the stuff about, Don, oh yeah, he's he does not in love with you. Like he's not doing that out of malice. He's doing that to help his buddy because he's like Dante doesn't have the balls yeah, to do never this. Do it, yeah. But he he te- he told me he doesn't want to do this, so I'm gonna do it for him and just like get over with. It so he doesn't have yeah. to deal with it. And even
0: even in the one scene just between uh, Randall and Caitlin, he's like, if you break his heart again, I'll kill yeah, it.
1: I'll kill you. Like he's it's like it's like he's it's that friend that like again to your face he's an asshole, but to everyone else he's like now nah, I'll defend my best friend. Like, I can only talk about him that way because he's my best friend. Right. If you do that, game over. Uh, but no, I think I think he's great. I think I think yeah.
0: So. And that's I think wasn't that the reason that Clerks 3 has been taking so long that Jeff Anderson didn't want to that's do like it. That's why Clerks 2 I think yeah. took so long as well. Yeah, but now that apparently with whatever Smith's new newer, new draft. Yeah. Uh he I mean he wanted to do it. So because because Jeff Anderson was the one cast member who was not at that Comic-Con thing that yeah, I went he, to. He's Yeah, he's been
1: kind of like iffy on everything Clerks right. and stuff. He's I think he's the only one that kind of like really didn't like try to have much of a career sure. after Clerks. Um I feel like everyone else tried to did other things in some form or fashion, if it's like shorts locally or whatever. But he was kinda like, no, nah, I'm kinda yeah.
0: good. Um But he really is perfect in this role, you know. And it makes me wonder how much of that is is him. He yeah. is. Um any other scenes you have? Uh I mean there's all those little moments like you mentioned, Randall going to big choice video. I mean, yeah, any film buff can relate to that. Like mm. either going to a video store or like a place that sells I movies. Know, when, I, when yeah. I came
1: to Cinephile Video here in LA when I first moved here it was the, it was the I think the day my parents left after we moved to your house, let's see if there's a video store nearby. And it was really right near me. Oh, right on the street. And I and I walked in there, and it was like walking into paradise. It's like, for someone, especially for someone who's like a town in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, we like, we had the, it's the blockbuster light type thing. So the movie galleries or whatever. It's like, it's mainstream stuff, but walking into someplace like Cinephile, or if you go to Vidiot's here, if you go to Video Drum in Atlanta or iHeart Video in Austin, it's like walking into like, a, it's, a, it's a paradise, is the thing. Yeah. Um and I get, and that's the thing with Randall. Randall he's just, I want to go to. I, I work at a shitty video store. It has shitty movies. I want to go to a good video store with good movies. Um, yeah, because
0: he wants to borrow Dante's car to rent a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Dante just does not understand this because they, he works out of it. Like you know. Yeah, Randall works out of video yeah. store.
2: What the fuck did you do that for? Two reasons. One, I hate it when people can't shut up about the stupid tabloid headlines. Oh, jeez. And two, to prove a point, title does not dictate behavior. What? If title dictated my behavior as a clerk serving the public, I wouldn't be allowed to spit water at that guy. But I did. So my point is that people dictate their own behavior. Even though I work in a video store, I choose to go rent movies at Big Choice. Agreed? You are a danger to both the dead and the living. I like to think I'm a master of my own destiny. Please get the hell out of here. I know I'm your hero.
1: So, onset life. As I said earlier, they were able to shoot the film in the actual convenience store that Smith worked at, uh, but he didn't stop working his job while making clerks. His daily schedule during the filming was that he worked the store from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., which seems a little insane, uh, and then he would shoot from 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. with an hour or so of sleep in between. Uh, it's just insane. This is the reason why the shutters are always down because if they were up, you'd realize it was all his nighttime for the most part. Um, it was also said that by the end of the production, Smith was beginning to fall asleep during the scenes because of sleep deprivation.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you, I mean, working on a film set in general is tiring and exhausting, yeah. but having another full time job on top of that is just insane.
1: Yeah. Um, Smith wasn't the only one who had a nine to five job during production. Uh, Marilyn. Gigliotti uh, worked at a local salon during that time, and Brian O'Halloran worked at a manufacturing plant for houseware. Oh, wow. O'Halloran said his schedule was was, – he said his schedule time was he would get off work, go to sleep, wake up, shower, shave, eat a little bit, and then drive an hour to the convenience store because he lived so far away. Um, They would shoot for a total of 21 straight nights. Um, And I think even while they were working, they still had customers come in who were apparently stoned out of their mind, according to, I think, one of the people on set. 21 straight. But here's like five hours and 21 straight nights is actually not a lot of time. Yeah. It's a lot of nights, but if you add that up in times like filmmaking, it's like usually you're doing 21 nights and it's like 12 hour days right. or whatever. It's five hours. So they shot really quickly. Um, because of the late nights, however, several of the actors who had been cast in the small roles refused to show up to the filming once they found out they had to be there like 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, that's why one of the actors, Walt Flanagan, played a total of four roles and Scott Mosher played three roles. Smith said he was like, Hey, Walt, just, no one's ever recognized you. put on this trench coat and put it <laughs> over your head. Um, Smith even convinced his mom to get out of bed one night at 2 a.m. to play the milkmaid part. because Oh, I actress- didn't realize that was his mom? That's wow. his mom. That's Kevin's so mom. Because she because ref- the actress refused to show up at that point. So he got, he's usually in bed, and she's like, Kevin, it's 2 a.m. He's like, I need a part. I need someone to do this part for me. Um, when talking about the set life of the film, producer Scott Mosher stated that we'd stay up all night and smoke cigarettes and eat Fig, fig Newtons and drink coffee. Nobody was eating real food. It was really fun. We were blessed by ignorance. If there was anyone on the set who actually knew how to make a movie, it would have warped the whole experience. It was a movie that if you made it the wrong way, I don't think it would feel as sincere.
0: Yeah, no, that's I think I think kind of the the um the technical aspects add to it, add to the charm. No, it, does, it does. And, and even like I, I do notice like you notice sometimes the actors are like flubbing a line or something. Yeah. But it feels natural. Yeah, know? it feels
1: natural, yeah. Uh the budget for the final film Smith made was twenty seven thousand five hundred and seventy five dollars. Uh, Smith and maxed out a total of ten credit cards. Pawned his comic books. Borrowed money from his parents, and even used a check from FEMA after his car was damaged in a snowstorm in 1992. So, as Smith would later say, the U.S. government technically helped fund a portion wow. of works um, It was apparently said like it, there was supposed to be a snowstorm, uh, a nor'easter, as they call it in the in the in the Northeast, and. Uh, um, he said, "Muse called me up, so oh, you should put your uh, put your car up on like on, on a hill, like it's gonna snow." He's like, "I didn't believe him, so I didn't do it." And then, like, car got damaged, and had the insurance oh, wow. and FEMA and stuff paid for it because it was a it was a natural disaster. Um, so moving into aftermath. Uh, once the filming and editing were complete, Smith decided to follow in the footsteps of Richard Linklater and how he was able to get Slacker seen by people because Slacker was kind of the thing that started it all for him. He said that Linklater did an interview with the journalist Amy Toppin in The Village Voice, and it was kind of like a playbook for Smith of what to do. He took the film to the Independent Feature Film Market, or I-F- IFFM, which is something that Linklater apparently had done. He went around pitching the movie to people who were coming by, trying to be able to come to the premiere of it at the end of the week. He thought it was, it was kind of like, by putting the feet to the pavement, they would be able to get a lot of people to come to the show. It would be a good crowd, and it would kind of blow up that way. They soon found out that having their 11 a.m. Sunday screening was the worst to have. Um, when they went to the premiere of the film, practically no one was there. Um, while watching the movie, Smith began to think he had made a massive mistake in making it. He thought it looked terrible. So you could see, like, the grain of it. It was like it was. It was just looked. It looked bad. He was questioning his writing. He wondered if his career was over before it even got started. After the screening, Scott Moser began to talk to one of the few people who were actually in the audience. The man said they should actually submit to Sundance um smith still thinking the film was terrible wrote the guy off thinking there was no chance of them to succeed sundance it was a movie that was black and white and had no movie stars the next morning smith received a call from journalist amy toppin saying she had heard that his film was the undiscovered gem of the market and smith originally thought was a practical joke because why on earth would she be calling him uh and she's like i assure you it is me uh and he was stunned he's like i have i literally have your article framed next to my bed and she said, oh, this will be the best interview of all time then um he asked her who told her about the movie and she told him it was a man by the name of robert hawk or bob hawk and he was the man that told Mosier they said submit it to sundance yeah.
0: and he became like a big champion of. of
1: he that. did smith asked hoppin for hawk's number and smith called and thanked him for putting in such a good word for them hawk told him that he saw the picture that they were promo- they were using to promote the film and he said it looks so sad and pathetic like <laughs> someone's mom had taken this black and white photo of you uh, he told Smith that his heart broke for this little film. He knew that no one would go to see it at 11 a.m. Sun uh, at 11 a.m. screening on a Sunday, so he wanted to be nice and supportive. After he saw it, he began telling everyone he knew in the indie world about the movie. Apparently, he like, he would like worked on Life and Times of Harvey Milk was kind of the thing he did oh, wow. early on, and he worked at kind of a company, and so he was kind of pushing it forward. Um, the, fin- the film would eventually be bought by Miramax, as I said. It would screen at the 1994 Sundance Film Festival. Um, the film would become another example of the growing film the film become another example of growing indie film market in America. Other films that premiered that year's festival were Roger Avery's killing Zoe river grass by Kelly Reichert spanking the monkey by David Russell totally mm. effed up by Greta Rocky, right? the year before it was like Rod Rodriguez with El Mariachi bottle Rocket with Wes Anderson. So it's, it's a big kind of movement of indie films that are coming out all over the country. Um, But even with the film getting a lot of buzz and the studio backing, the MPAA gave the film a NC-17 rating, which was seen as a death nail because the majority of theaters in America would not play an NC-17 movie. Miramax would hire lawyer Alan Dershowitz to appeal the NC-17 rating, if you know the name. Dershowitz later gained fame a year later when he would serve on O.J. Simpson's team in his murder trial. He would also serve on President Donald Trump's defense team during his first impre- uh, first impeachment trial while also being tied to Jeffrey uh, Epstein. Yeah, well, it's, it's Miramax, what do you expect? Um, <laughs> due to the appeal, the NPA would receive the rating of NC-17 for the film's language and give it an R rating. The film would be released on October 19th, 1994, and it would become a critical and commercial success, especially for its scale and budget of almost $28,000. The film uh, film received mostly positive reviews by critics, with Roger Ebert giving it 3 out of 4 stars, saying, Within the limitations of his bare-bones production, Smith shows great invention, a natural feel for human comedy, and a knack for writing weird, sometimes brilliant dialogue. Ebert's co-host of At The Movies, Gene Siskel, would also agree calling it funny, raw, foul-mouthed, minimalistic, and that Smith had a great ear for dialogue. The film would also received 3 independent Spirit Award nominations for best first feature, best first uh, um, screenplay and best debut performance from Jeff Anderson. It also grossed 3.2 million dollars at the box office, making it a surprise hit because the film actually never played in over 50 the- or 50 theaters at a time. Um, the film also had a fairly popular soundtrack, which was which was trying to
0: back when you could actually make money. Yeah, you?
1: it was trying to capitalize on the kind of the rise of grunge and alternative yeah. kind of punk well, rock well, I music. Heard,
0: I heard the, the the Alice in Chains song, and I was like, that sounds like Alice in Chains. And then yeah. I looked it up after. I was like, no way. Yeah, but it makes sense. You know, Mirawak's money. But. Yeah,
1: uh, the soundtrack would actually cost more money to make than the actual film.
0: Oh wow doesn't surprise me because they have yeah. a Soul Asylum song. song. Yeah. It's it's
1: Allison Chains, Bad Religion, Soul Asylum. I think they did a music video for Soul Asylum. I think Kevin Smith actually directed it if I'm oh, wow. not mistaken. Um, but yeah, the film will continue to gain a legacy over, its, over time for its authentic dialogue and memorable, char- memorable characters. Um, it has been named by many as many publications one of the best or most important indie films of all time. And in 2019, the U.S. Congress named it to its film National Film Registry, preserving it for all time. Uh, it also became the opening chapter in Kevin Smith's Famous, or infamous for some, uh, Viewist Universe, which includes such films as Mall Rats, Chasing Chasing Amy, and Dogma. Uh, The film also spawned Clerk's The Animated Series, which lasts only six episodes, with only two of them airing on ABC, uh, the rest on Comedy Central two years later. The film would also get a sequel in 2006 with Clerk's 2, and just last year, Smith Rat Production on Clerk's 3, which we'll see sometime this year. So, a big legacy for. Clerks and Kevin Smith. So, what worked about this film? David.
0: I think what we were talking about the authenticity, the 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 characters, um, you know, you feel like this is a small town uh and you feel like everybody yep. knows each other and um I think the I think the, I know a lot of people um kind of get turned off by his vulgar humor. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, I think it largely works here. Um there were a few jokes that kind of made me cringe a little bit, but I also think that's partial, partially intentional. So.
1: Yeah, uh, and I think so, I mean, I think yeah, yeah i'll go into what didn't work but yeah what yeah i think yeah his dialogue i think really does is sharp and clever i think that authenticity is there i think just the kind of charm to it yeah. is there and, my and there's thing, some heart too like yeah. we're talking about with their friendship there's i think yeah, i the thing is i think i mean here's the thing kevin smith is very much like a, a it's a gateway drug for films but also like i i know what i'm getting into with kevin smith sure. film yeah i don't like it's gonna be kind of fun i'm gonna have a, it might get might have gross out raunchy humor whatever it's like eh, it's kind of it's yeah it's off color it's offbeat like I, I know i'm getting into so like i don't expect and kane from kevin smith sure
0: and i also think that that was part of the reason it was successful because studio comedies at this time were not really pushing this raunch factor no, as no at
1: this point it's like you're looking you're looking at early 90s it's like you're i mean it's you're, you're it's the rise of like rom-coms yeah. and things like that at this point and 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 your big stars are again, it's like, it's, it's, I do not say family friendly, but like, it's like, it's Robin Williams. It's Eddie Murphy. And, and they're, some of them are making adult comedies, but not, not to this point. This very yeah. much kind of inspired the wave. I mean, this, this is like the frat pack. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it, we talked we'll talk about Judd stuff, Apatow, Yeah. Oh. It's like, it, it, this is kind of the grandfather of Apatow comedies. Yeah. It's like, if you don't have this film, you don't have Judd Apatow which some might say that's a good thing. I don't know. Um, be don't get Seth Rogen. you don't get any you don't get Super Bads of the World or Freaks and Geeks of the World or 40 year old Virgin and Knocked Up. You I mean you don't get or anyone in that kind of group um doesn't happen without clerks. Clerks is kind of the grandfather of it all. Um so yeah, but I and I think I think so people like some like uh, Jeff Anderson's movie works I think as Randall, I think the cast for what it is, for a bunch of local people right. who are like in a theater like do local theater in jersey i think it does a good job so i think this is the best example of this type of movie sure. it's like it's like sure. the movies they're like made of like twenty thousand dollars on credit cards and your and and they're not really their his friends the point they're all hired actors but like of just local talent this is like the best example of what can happen to a movie of this caliber and right. this nature
0: so yeah i think i think it works for that um did anything not work so I, so I didn't know that thing about the, that the title cards were, were a reference to, or not a reference, but that's the nine the chapters, structure, yeah. but I do feel like the title cards are a little pretentious personally. Oh no, they are. Uh, and it's always kind of, it's they always are. kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, I've always,
1: I never liked it either. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> it's the like It just feels nineties indie to me, you know? Yeah. Like I'm trying to make a statement with this
1: and it, it does the movie doesn't need it. You it know? like vagary. It's a, uh, yeah. It's yeah. kind of the,
0: the last one,
1: um, yeah, I don't, it's like, yeah. it's it's one that you. Like, you forget. And it doesn't
0: feel authentic to Smith or his voice personally, but
1: no. But it, it definitely it, it it also reminds me a little bit of like a, what Linklater would do. Like it's, right. it, it, it reminds me very much like a slacker thing to do of like it's we're talking about these bigger things outside of the convenience store type yeah. things. So that that's why I think I wonder if he's reaching for that and if he really is just like leaning into the Dante. Dante's inferno type thing yeah. of like he's going into Well, hell. originally
0: it wasn't the the final scene that Dante gets shot by like a mugger and then they cut that. Yeah, so she yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, wasn't we'll that one of Oh, you're going to talk. No, no we're we'll going talk about
1: it now. That. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's like the original ending for the movie was because Smith said he didn't know how to end the movie was yeah. that Dante a mugger would was going to come in, rob the store and shoot and kill Dante and the movie yeah. was gonna end with Dante being dead on the floor. Um and I think Bob Hawke was like, you yeah, don't do that. Yeah,
0: you just cut that scene. Just cut that end scene, it with, and
1: end it with him. Like, it's like, you're closed, or whatever yeah. the Randall says. Like, don't don't end it that way. I mean, a lot of people saw it as like it was a reference to Empire Strikes Back because Dante says like-
0: It has the downbeat ending. I love right?
1: the downbeat ending of like, yeah, all this stuff happens. And so that was, and, and yeah, Smith smartly cut it out and essentially gave himself a career. Yeah. Like, never kill your... Never kill your main character or anything like that. It's like, I remember... Um, well, especially
0: we spent all this time with him, and we... Yeah.
1: I remember it was... it It's was, uh, uh, a side thing, but uh, for Paranormal Activity, because I'm friends with Katie Featherston, who's the actress in that movie, and she, we had her on the show a long time ago, and she, I think she talked about how, like, the one note that I think Spielberg gave, because he kind of got the film at DreamWorks or whatever, he said, like, don't kill her off at the end, because you want to have sequels. Right. And, and that's why I think this, like if you kill Dante off, not like the whole kind of his whole universe of stuff doesn't fully happen in the same sure. way. I mean, you have Jay and Silent Bob probably come up or whatever, but it just, it, it, it leaves such a different tone in what Smith's films would later right. be. So I think it works. That works of cutting it. If the ending was there, it would not work. There's some humor that probably doesn't work. anymore I mean, that doesn't work anymore. Not probably does, doesn't work anymore. Um, some of the lines there. Uh, but
0: I feel like for the most – comparing it to like Mallrats or Chasing – well, even yes. Chasing Amy, like there's some Chasing dated Amy, sexual Chasing, politics. Yeah, in
1: Chasing, the, Chasing Amy has not aged well in terms of sexual politics yeah. and, and types but, and like that. But I think
0: that the humor here uh, l- largely holds up comparing it to, to those two um, yeah, of I, that
1: area. Yeah, I think it's – again, I, I think I give it a little bit more – Lingency because it's a movie that's made on $28,000 right. is a thing. And that's
0: all he has is like people talking. Well, I mean, this yeah. is the old adage that you learn in film school. Like if you don't have any money, you make a people talking in rooms movie. You know, Yeah, yeah. and that's what he does. Yeah.
1: And so like I can see how it's not someone's taste and I understand yeah. that. So it's like it's if you don't like this type of humor, if you don't like just people talking in a room, you're probably going like this movie. So right. to you, that didn't work. Um, I'm okay with it, but I get the humor aspect of it of how it's kind of aged. So, yeah, that's my that's my thing. Um, all right, alternate Universe cast. Uh, the only one I found, besides I mentioned earlier that Dante has to play by someone else. Smith was supposed to play Randall, but he realized that he didn't want to memorize all the lines on top of directing. So that's why I said Randall has all the best lines in the movie, was because they were written for him specifically. And he gave himself Silent Bob, because that was based on another friend of his, so that he could have no lines in the movie except And that
0: literally became his character for like his character. <laughs> 15 yeah. years. Or still, still.
1: Yeah. Alright, uh, film facts. So, after the film's popularity, Touchstone Television began developing a pilot for Clerks and hopes- Have you seen
0: this, by the way? I haven't. It's Have on you seen- YouTube. It's- oh, it?
1: Yeah, Oh. In hopes of turning it into a series, yeah. Smith had no involvement in the show and didn't find out about it until he was shooting Mallrats. He wrote a script for it uh, after he heard about it, but they regulated it to a B-plot storyline in the show. Um, Jeff Anderson and Brian O'Halloran both had to audition for the show, but they could only audition for Dante... Because the role of Randall had already been cast with SNL alum and uh, a half-baked star, Jim Brewer, in the lead of Randall. Um, Also, the show couldn't use the characters of Jay and Silent Bob because Smith owned the rights to them. Uh, He made them aware of this when they planned on using Jay as a character and they had to rename him to Ray. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, Randall and the happy scrappy hero pup lady are not actually in the room at the same time when Jeff Anderson's uh, when he's reading off the porno movies oh good
0: because that a kid yeah
1: Anderson refused to read the list of porno movies in front of her and particularly in front of the child all the reaction shots of the happy scrappy hero pup lady were obtained by reading the list to her by someone else it's just it wasn't Anderson that did oh. it oh <laughs> um, so that one of the 50 cr- actors credited in the movie only two of them had at least one film credit before appearing in this movie. And that was Gary Stern and let's see, Gary Stern and Mitch Cohen. And I don't know exactly who they play. Gary Stern plays the tabloid reading customer. Oh, that's the guy when he spits in his face. Oh yeah. Um, and the then one that's talking
0: about the alien. Yeah. the aliens.
1: Oh yeah. The aliens. And I don't know what Mitch Cohen plays. Um, those are two. Um, one funny thing, um, or the last thing I have here, is uh, they have a conversation about why the prices are 99 cents or whatever. I don't know if this is true. The reason prices in a 95 or 99 set under or set under a round figure was that so cashiers would always have to open the register to give change, thus recording a sale and preventing them from pocketing the bills.
0: Oh, I see. Huh.
1: Stuff you learn every day.
0: Um, all right, story questions. Oh, wait. Mitch Cohen, it looks like he was in Toxic Avenger. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, what did it say? Leaning against wall and angry crowd at door. So he's in that scene where they're banging on the- Gotcha. Yeah, he is the toxic Avenger in the original. Oh, wow. Well, there yeah. you go. All right, sorry questions.
1: Um, Why is Dante sleeping in his closet in the beginning of the movie? It literally bugs me. I that bothers know. you? I don't know why.
0: I think it's a funny- I mean, obviously, yeah. It's like, what, it's what's the story? It's a funny intro. It's a funny intro. But don't... also the way he falls out is he'd have to be like sitting up, leaning against the door. And that closet doesn't look very big. No. No.
1: Again, it's like again, I was just saying this earlier and Jenny at work, it feels very film school y is sure, the thing. Sure. I think this movie has that a little bit a lot of times it feels very like first feature, like Absolutely, in, yeah. in film, school, film school, which it is. But um but that feels very film school. It's a great intro. But at least we didn't see a
0: montage of him brushing his teeth and taking a shower.
1: We do get him yeah. was what well, we do have him like kinda a little bit of preparing yeah. though yeah. um to go to work. And i do like the phone call but yeah i was yeah. just like why the hell is he sleeping in his closet like that because it's so just like he the door opens and he just like rolls back out of, yeah. the, out of the closet and i was like the bed's right there how did you get there is my question it's like i don't know that just and that's a weird thing to start off with i was like why is why yeah. is dante in his closet the entire time <laughs> maybe uh, it's a metaphor man maybe it maybe it is he's complacent in his
0: closet um do you have any questions? That was really my only oh, question. Oh, so mine is, why, why are these women pining after Dante? I, I've never <laughs> understood. I, what does he have to offer? Um, as much as I love the movie, what does he have to offer? Like, Veronica is doing everything for this man. And, yeah. And, and it sets up that she clearly has, like, other options at her, both of them have other options yeah. at their school. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I get it. It's like, it's that, like, character trope. Like, he's, you know, I mean, it's like, that's the plot of the movie. But, yeah. Um, it just, yeah, I don't know. It's... It, it, like what does he have to offer? I don't know. Yeah,
1: and he and he and he, and he he's not wanting to better himself. It's like, oh,
0: I mean, like there is like the subtext in when he's talking to Veronica that he's like good in bed, but like that's not enough to carry this for like yeah, her to yeah. deal with him whining yeah. all the time. It's very yeah.
1: That's yeah. very early twenties guy. Yeah, basing relationships on that. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, I don't know. He's uh, yeah. And the thing about Veronica, it's like she's she's, I mean, she's pushing him to do something, but she's not like. She's not the type of person yeah. like, hey, if you don't go to college. Well, she's like I'm negotiating
0: gonna... with him at that one point. She's yeah. like, "Will you come to that seminar with me to yeah, like yeah. make up for the, you know?"
1: Yeah, yeah, but she's not like, "I'm gonna break up with you if you don't go to college." Right, like she's right. not. She's not that person who's giving the ultimatum. Yeah. She's like, she knows it's gonna take him time or whatever, and he wants to like figure things out. And she's and she's wanting to figure it out with him. Yeah, he's just he's he's dumb when it comes to women. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like that continues kind
0: of until in Clark too, and, and 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 Randall even makes a point of it. He's like, yeah. "Why are two women always fighting over you?" <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for uh, Clerks 3 um, uh, And then my other thing It's not really a story question But I I guess I just don't get the joke Like the Asian I mean the Asian design major joke I don't get it Is it the joke that it's just not Like, like a popular major Or like what? What? what I don't know what it gag? is Yeah, Because it keeps coming back And why is it In the newspaper Like she's It's like Not the guy's name It's she's going to marry An Asian, Asian design, design yeah. Like I get It's like a joke in the movie But it's like I don't
1: know I've just never It's a weird Yeah I've it.
0: never got it man I don't know
1: It's like It's a. It, 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 they say it's like a design major, but it's also something else. They get, they get it wrong at one point. Yeah, it's fine. it's like it's it's yeah. It's not a joke that really. It's I don't laugh at it ever. Yeah, and they keep and they, and they and they really commit to the bit. Right. And it's there's no need to. Yeah. You just say you're marrying someone. Right. But
0: but, like, it, but it, like why would that be in the newspaper that she's married an Asian? It's not the guy's name. Like you know. I don't know.
1: Just comment is yeah. It's the the adding that extra layer just like yeah. Asian. It's I mean just, I'd understand
0: if this was like a PhD or something like that. That's like yeah. something you would flaunt, but oh
1: well, yeah, he's a he's a, he's a graduate student. Yeah. The world, but and the, just the character's race is just weird to say. Sure. is yeah. the thing. So yeah. I, that that's what I guess yeah. probably doesn't work for me too. So yeah. Um, any any other story questions? Oh no, that was that was it. Okay. I mean the main one was obviously the what is what is Dante had to offer? What is Dante have to offer? <laughs> um, all right, awards. The Beatrice Strait Award, actor actress limit scenes that kills it.
0: We, so I yeah I was going to ask you this before we got on the mic, but I guess we'll ask it. Uh, do you. Would you consider Jason more uh, Jason Mews more supporting, or would you say he could take this role? That's a good question because I know in the later view askew movies, they're su- in it more, but I, they're still in this quite a bit. Yeah, uh, <sighs>
1: that's a good question because Mews- but he also doesn't
0: have as many lines as you would think. Well, I mean, he does like in the beginning, and and he obviously talks to Dante at the, when they come in. But
1: do you think he's in there more than more than? I think he's supporting yeah. I think, he's, support. I think he's, he's in a lot of scenes I think he's in there uh, more than 5 to 10 minutes oh yeah yeah no oh, uh-huh. he's in more than 5 minutes. so he's supporting yeah, yeah. He's, I'm like, I was like is he in 3 scenes like he's in way more than 3 yeah, scenes so yeah. I, th- I think uh,
0: well I think in that case supporting. I gotta give it to Olaf the, the metal cousin we're not going to Walt Flanagan <laughs> I like Walt Flanagan to the most <laughs> but he's in well I guess if you split up his characters then uh-huh. yes but he's in it, it, with that many characters he's in enough, enough time I feel like that's, that's fair that's fair <laughs>
1: Also, just realized I think the guy who plays the trainer so I think the guy who plays Trent, Rick DeRus is yeah. actually the guy who is supposed to play Dante. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Ernie O'Donnell. I think yeah. it's the same. It's Ernest O'Donnell. I cannot
0: really see him as Dante. Dante, No, no. I can't. I can't. Maybe it's just because he plays that like douchebag yeah, trainer yeah. so well. But.
1: I mean, it might be he, he. might be the guy who's who's Beatrice straight award. I don't know. So you're saying you're saying I don't know the name. Yeah,
0: but Olaf. Yeah, John Henry
1: cause. Westhead
0: sounds like a, sounds like a metal singer.
1: I'll go with it. I'll go with it. Because it's it's a weird moment. He's only like like two scenes, I yeah. think. But well, he's that, just
0: always
2: been my favorite uh, like side character. Yeah, Berserker. He really wants to play metal? Yeah, he's got his own band in Moscow. It's called Fuck Your Yankee Blue Jeans or something like that. That doesn't sound metal. You got to hear him sing Olaf Berserker. Come on, man, Berserker. Does he sing in English or Russian? In English. Come on, Berserker. Girls think sexy. Ah. I'll watch what he's going to sing and watch. It's too funny. My love for you is like a truck, sucker. Would you like some making fuck, (laughs) sucker? That's fucking funny, man. Did he say making fuck?
1: A Pot's X Factor Award. Supporting actor, actress that is the most memorable. Then I got to give it to Jason Mewes. Okay. Personally. Well, here's a question though. Is Randall elite or is he sporting?
0: Uh, yeah that's good i mean i i would consider him supporting because dante is the the lead but he is in a lot of the movie um yeah i mean he is supporting but But because he's not introduced to later and he's also not well i'll uh,
1: say this i'll because it's it's a tough decision because i think if you don't have randall you don't have the movie right it's like it take randall out of it for example it's like if it's just dante because it's
0: it's if it's just Dante dealing with all these customers and not having that like back and forth, you, yeah, and you also don't have the whole, the whole coming together at the end, like Randall literally spells out to Dante. I like, think
1: yeah, I think Randall's gonna be a lead. I think he comes in later, yeah. but I think he is a lead. I think specifically because we go to him with the video store. Oh, we do. Which cut Which says yeah. to me we yeah. cut away, so that means he's he's he is a co-lead in this movie. Right. I think to me with that, and I'm also bringing clerks two here, sure, because clerks two is very much. These two guys, yeah, it's a two yeah for sure. And it ends with them like it's their journey, right? So I, so it, it, it's like Dante is kind of the lead, but I think Rails in there enough to be a co lead. So it's debatable. It's debatable. So because of that, we're gonna go Jason uses Jay. I guess <laughs> is, is what it is. I do love, I do like uh Marilyn Gigliato as Veronica. She's great.
0: But, but I, all the supporting players are great. great. Yeah.
1: But I, yeah, I think I think um muse in terms of memorable. Yeah. Moments. I mean, and he's been playing again,
0: he's also been playing that character for he just has that energy. And I I know he was like nervous and stuff because I mean, it yeah. was his first time acting, but he just has yeah. that energy where it's like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. You can't describe it. I mean, he's only like,
1: yeah. like 19 or like yeah. nineteen twenty at yeah. this point. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, he's just a dude who hangs out. I mean, another stand in love with him is like when they're like, he's like, Dude, don't sell weed on my. Yeah. Like, and my, I'm not doing anything. And then the other and guy, the guy it, walks up yeah. and he's just like, Hey, they, yeah, what do you want? It's, just, it's <laughs> just like, just, it's, he's great. Like, I, I think his weaker moment is when he's trying to give the spiel. Yeah. In the convenience store about. Well, he even like floods I mean, the line a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but he's kind of like Crap I'm messed up And then says yeah. it again But it almost It, it almost works, works. Yeah. yeah But like but like, he, If you look at his eyes This is the, this is the one part Where like he kind of Has dead eyes Yeah Is the thing But the dance stuff And just kind of yeah. The outside play well, even him
0: coming in the, In there he's like Singing that song Like yeah. it, what they're getting Into that night Yeah He's, he's so goofy
1: man He's like, oh man We should hang out like, You yeah. get off at the same time I do
2: <laughs> I don't know dude that can't nice But I see that Veronica girl Doing shit for you All the time I saw her rubbing your back, fucking come bring your food. Didn't I see her change your tire once? Hey, uh, you know, I jacked up the car. All she did was unloosen the nuts and put the tire on. Oh, no, she does a lot for you. She's my girlfriend. I had some girlfriends, too, but all they wanted from me was reading shit. Shit, my grandma used to say, what's better, fucking a good play with nothing on it? No, way, I fucked up. What's a good play with nothing on it? Meaning? I oh, don't know. She was seen all shit. She used to fucking piss herself all the time. And shit herself. Come on, Salba, let's get the fuck out of this fucking jib, joint.
1: I argue all that for Randall, but I I don't think I can give this award to him. But the Gene Hackman MVP award, person who carries the movie, director, actor, etc.
0: You're gonna give it to Randall, or are you? No, it has to be Kevin Smith. Yeah, I was going to think Kevin Smith. Uh, yeah, I mean, and also it's like, and it's like you know, I know Kevin Smith also pokes fun of like his career after this and all that, or not yeah. after this, but like his. 2000s yeah, yeah. career on but i think he this independent spirit that he showed in this movie has carried throughout the the rest of his career even in his pot you know his podcast empire yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a very it, podcasting wasn't as big then it was a very independent thing for him to do you know I mean, pod, yeah, yeah. podcasting when he first got started right yes right. yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. it was it wasn't as big then yeah uh, but he started that whole empire and he had like four shows going at once yeah it's insane um so i think that independent spirit is something i've always admired um so yeah
1: I mean, he's, he's always kind of damned to do whatever it feels yeah. like if it's.
0: But and it's also interesting thinking like now like how many kids are going to come to his movie or like you know high school kids come to his movies through him being a YouTube guy or yeah. being a podcast you know. Um, yeah, for some reason he's yeah.
1: known as that guy. He's the, right. He's the nerd guy. You know, that way. talks about Batman. Yeah, and, yeah. And he, DC he's movies, Batman or whatever. But what, what I think is so interesting with him, him and Soderbergh, I kind of with how they've tried to do releases is very interesting. Oh, I didn't even think about that.
0: Think about that as well, yeah. Because
1: like Soderbergh yeah. had the like when he tried to like Logan Lucky or mm-hmm. whatever the movies he did where he tried to release it on his own, it didn't yeah. do well.
0: Or even the Day and Date thing he did way back with um, uh, Bubble.
1: Bubble you well know, yeah. yeah, but like with Smith, it's like I look at like what he's done with like with Red
0: State, yeah. which I think is underrated. Um, and I'll go on record and say I like Tusk. <laughs> I, it's not, I'm not going to argue it's a good movie but it's it's it, is it entertaining ca- yes, yes. And the premise carries it so far like it really drags in the middle but just the absurd pre- and like I'm laughing just thinking about this premise and I, and I, and I like the ending of it yeah. too oh yeah no it worked like that it, Michael Parks is amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah and, and we uh, we don't have to get into depth, but Depp no Depp, Depp's great yeah, in that movie it, he it, is It's how little he's in that yeah. He's, yeah
1: Depp is like when you watch that movie you realize like that this is why he got big because right. like he just is is and some people don't like it in that, but I, I think he's so like charismatic in that role at that right. point in time. So yeah.
0: But no, I think with And it's an early eight twenty four movie or, too. It's like it is early 24 yeah, yeah. movie,
1: you're right. Uh, um but yeah, I think the way he releases Red State, yeah. the way he the way he released uh I guess Tusk is the way uh, he, Jay even, and Silent Bob he, Reboot, yeah. Reboot, yeah, where it was like I was just watching last night interview kinda of prep for this like talking about like how like they released it like, Fathom events, and they did, like, a
0: 62-day yeah. tour of yeah. the movie. I mean, and that's the thing. He, like, he knows he has his fans, so it, yeah. like, and they're going to keep turning up, so it's, like, he can he can kind of experiment with that. Yeah, he, yeah. But he's not making movies for anybody. He's not making movies for general audiences. He's making his movies no, for his and, fans. and because
1: so, his movies are so cheap is the yeah. thing to make, it's, like, he just, I mean, and because, like, he's added, had enough credibility with, like, friends to call in, like, yeah. if, if Affleck shows up and reboot or like he did. Yeah, which I mean, is honestly probably the best yeah, scene so in that movie, in that. yeah. Yeah, it's a good yeah. scene um he's got <laughs> that movie um yeah it's like you, you uh, people who like want to oh, okay, I'll do like one more for for my buddy Kevin yeah um he's he's built that up enough and with that with Jansan and Bob, so that was on like prime or whatever i think was where it was streaming so people will put it on streaming i think his yeah. new stuff so like and like and with clerks 3 it's like i think with that coming out like you'll you'll get his loyal fans but then you'll get his other fans that have kind of lost like yeah, because outside of like, him for yeah. the past few de- past decade or so, well, they're gonna like, want to see they want to the see clerks. Well, again.
0: also in the way he's described it, it's, it's gonna be a very personal movie too. It seems. Yeah, right? yeah, because it, it like involves the heart attack stuff. It, yeah, it's it, like uh, I
1: think Randall's had a heart attack, yeah. and I think Dante is like making a movie about like their time at the convenience store. Yeah. So it's very meta and and inspired by his real life. Needless to say, Kevin Smith is the MVP award winner for this movie because I think with without him the movie does not happen. And I, think, I mean, it's like I think. What's admirable about him? Any person who's like a young filmmaker or or just a filmmaker who's trying to make their first movie, you can't be Kevin Smith and max and max out ten credit cards and expect it to do well because it's just that's that's the exception. But there is there's some of this indie spirit. There's something to respect and kind of
0: of just having the balls to do that.
1: Have the balls to do, but like also kind of admire and, and strive for in some sure, way. Of yeah. like, okay, this guy was just a dude in Jersey at his convenience store yeah. who was like I have to make a movie and he did it and like we taught this when we and I talked about the killing with Kubrick it's yeah. like he talked about making killers kiss and the guy was like not every person who says they're gonna make a movie makes a movie yeah. and Kubrick went and did it and not to compare Smith with Kubrick here but like <laughs> Smith did the same thing it's like he yeah. goes off like I'm gonna make I wanna make my movie I'm gonna go do it and it's very if he was say naive in some way with certain things like I'm gonna quit school and go to this yeah. and blah blah, blah. and and there is something about like ignorance is bliss at that yeah. moment in time, and
0: and I think he's always been honest about that too. Or, yeah. But at any point in his career, that's another thing I find admirable. He's like he's never gonna be one to take you know take away from shots against himself. You know. No, no. He always, I mean even when he like did the whole plane bit and you know all that when he was overweight and yeah you know, the heart attacks. You know, he's always been very open. So I, I do yeah. appreciate that as well.
1: Well, he's like made the joke. He's like we shot black. Like he was, I was I was watching him with Colbert. He's like he's like oh yeah like we shot the black we shot on black and white because it was cheap and that was yeah. the way to do it. But then when someone said like. Oh, oh like, like a critic
0: said that it was the CV
1: cam. It was the CV cam of the security camera yeah. footage. He's like, he goes, he goes, wow, well, I, I, and so he's like, after that, anyone yeah. asked me why I shot, him, blah, blah,
0: blah. oh, it was the
1: perspective of the security camera in the store is why it looked like black and white. He's like, that was, it gave me a lot more credit as an artist, and yeah. but I think he is an, I think he is an artist in his own way. Oh, for think. sure. I mean, he's an auteur in in, yeah. in,
0: in you know, in how he writes and stuff. Um, yeah. He just doesn't. I don't think he. Uh, his persona, is not. I think name.
1: I think his persona is to say I'm not an artist. Right. It's just like. I think there is a there is a art to to being
0: minimalistic. Absolutely. Um, when also he's making like these uh, you know, comedy movies. Like all all those are kind of shot like that. Yeah. 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 It's not like uh, No, I agree. You don't need like crazy camera. Work. Although Tusk has some interesting camera well, he had a different DP, but it has yeah. some interesting camera work. And I, I haven't seen Jersey Girl, but when I was watching Patrick Willems uh video about like that whole era of Smith he like shows some some footage and he even mentions like it it like that's his one movie of that era that like looks like a movie movie you know oh, it and does. I don't remember who the DP is but it's somebody like crazy like he'd be like wait what
1: um and I don't I, I, I don't hate Jersey girls yeah sort of people
0: uh, yeah that, that was like that wasn't that like oh, the yeah, first it's, one? It's, it's, it's yeah right 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 yeah have <laughs> shot apocalypse now right uh,
1: uh, Deer hunter uh, yeah. close yeah. encounters of the third kind
0: yeah um,
1: no big deal. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So, uh, but regardless, is like, yeah. I I don't think. That, but again, like with his like his raunchy like comedies, he doesn't need to have like flair and all that. No, but he does do visual uh, visual gags in this. And maybe I need to go back and watch like some of the later ones. But
1: yeah, um, Kevin Smith MVP
2: winner.
0: Like your life's any better? Hey, I'm
2: satisfied with my situation for now. You don't hear me complaining. You on the other hand have been bitching all day. Thank you. Why don't you go back to the video store, It's the same thing with Veronica. Oh, now, leave her out of this. You date Veronica because it's convenient and she's low-maintenance. But meanwhile, all you ever do is talk about Caitlyn. You carry a torch for a girl you dated in high school. In high school, for God's sakes, you're 22. Leave me alone. If you want Caitlyn, then talk to Veronica and be with Caitlyn. If you want Veronica, then be with Veronica. But don't pine for one and fuck the other. Man, if you weren't such a fucking coward. Well, oh, if I wasn't such a fucking coward. You know, it must be so great to have this ability to simplify things the way you do. Am I right or what? You're wrong. Things happen today, all right? Things that probably ruined my chances with Caitlyn. Oh, what? The dead guy? She'll get over fucking a dead guy. Shit, my mom's been fucking a dead guy for 30 years. I call him dead.
1: Final questions. If this movie is remade, we, we talked this beforehand, what gear? Let's say it's the it's the beginning of it's the beginning of Aptow before like it's like may, maybe post Freaks and Geeks it's like any one of those people say early 2000s yeah. basically who do you pick in
0: these roles um so then has he done Undeclared yet or no cause I would think I could think I could see Jay Baruchel let's as, say it's after Undeclared yeah I could, say, I could see they've, Jay, done,
1: they, they've done TV and now they're gonna try and make a movie oh I see
0: I could see Jay Baruchel as, as Dante um
1: interesting yeah okay um but who would
0: be Randall? That's the hardest one. Maybe Seth Rogen, but I think he'd be too.
1: See, I would think Rogen would be Dante. Yeah. Is the thing.
0: But then he'd have to be the straight, more the straight man. Um, I, I'm yeah. the
1: guy who should be.
0: It can't be. It can't be Franco. No no no, um, no, no, no,
1: no. My pick for Randall. I don't know. He wasn't really in the group yet. Yeah. Well, not me I, mean, I was. Want... He was in the comedy group at the time. Not that group, but he was doing comedies. Yeah. Is it Paul Rudd? I knew you were gonna say it. Is it Paul yeah. Rudd? I mean, he can do it. He can I mean, I it. mean, look at him in yeah. Wet Hot American yeah. Summer. He yeah. can do that's yeah. not Randall, but he can yeah. do offbeat comedy. Sure.
0: Um,
1: yeah. I I, 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 people don't give him enough credit for. It. I think he is. I think he is. Ha, he has good range in comedy because he can play like your romantic comedy lead. He can play your character in Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Uh, or he can play. Um, Scott Lang and Ant-Man, or he can pe- play, I'm trying to think, or they came together or something. Yeah. Like he can play a lot of different things. Oh, for sure. So for I sure. think range-wise. Well, especially at that age, too. You've yeah. got to
0: think of them at that age, too. So I think, it, it, I don't think that'd be a hard sell. So.
1: Or is it like, I mean, yeah, I, I think I'll go with Rudd. Like, or is it like Michael Ian Black or someone? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then, like, yeah, who do you fill in with the. You know I'll those? say, we'll
1: say Rudd. We'll say Rudd.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, that'd be a fun dynamic. That'd be a fun duo. Yeah.
1: What about Jason Siegel as Dante? That,
0: well, yeah, I could see him being the stream into to that. Yeah, yeah, I think Jason because I did "I Love You, Man" yeah. together,
1: whatever. Um, I think I think it's Siegel and Paul Rudd. Yeah. Okay, that's that's that. So who? Okay, so who, anyone else you want to cast?
0: Well, who we got to do. Who's gonna play Jay?
1: <laughs> I think Veronica as Linda Carlini is the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, just gonna offer yeah. some geeks people now. Um, I think kate caitlin brie could easily be busy phillips right i'm just i'm literally just going off freaks and geeks um who else is in that point who's an undeclared
0: uh seth rogan's also an undeclared j j bear show, obviously um charlie hunnam's in, yeah know? yeah 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 i think he's british in it i think i, th- I, th- I yeah, can't remember in, i yeah, haven't seen yeah, in a long time I, yeah. yeah i haven't actually seen this show yeah oh it's interesting it's it's not as, as strong as freaks and geeks i think but it's, yeah. it's still funny Oh.
3: Um,
1: Oh, may, or maybe do Jenna Fisher as Veronica?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that.
1: Jenna Fisher is Veronica. Lou Carlini as Caitlin. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that.
0: But who's but who's playing Jay? That's that's what I'm curious about.
1: Who's playing Jay? Yeah. Um, I don't want it to be Franco, but no, no, no we're not doing Frank. We're not casting Franco in this. Good. It's not Jay Baruchel. Is that? What, it's not Jay he, Baruchel. It, he could, but it, I just, it, I'm is,
0: picturing him in Undeclared. He's very he's the straight man in Undeclared. That's well, why. It, I,
1: would, like, would it be? But that's true.
0: But but Seth Rogen could.
1: I I I would say like Jay Baruchel as as
0: Jay and Seth Rogen as Seth Rogen as Bob is what I'm thinking. Just hear his laugh occasionally.
1: Yeah. Or or no, I think what's great is that you yeah. don't have him yeah.
0: laugh. It's a- it. would be so hard to picture. Yeah. Um. Oh. I, mean, I don't know how I feel. I mean, obviously, like Seth Rogen would play either of those because he would be the pothead. De- you know, he'd be the pot dealer.
1: Yeah. Or yeah, or, or you do Jay Barishell as Bob and and, yeah. and Rogan is as is, is and Jay. Jay and just yeah. go the opposite. It's just
0: like nobody has that energy that Jason used has. So it's hard to know. It would be a different character. It would yeah. not be the same.
1: Okay, so we're going Dante is Jason Siegel, Randall is Paul Rudd, Veronica is Jenna Fisher, um, Caitlin is Lynn Carlini. Um, Jay is is it Rogan or bearshell
0: You can go either way, I think.
1: We'll we'll go with Barrichello. Yeah, um, and then Bob, Silent Bob is Seth Rogen, <laughs> <laughs> t- t- written and directed by Judd Apatow.
0: <laughs> but see, yeah, and also it would be totally so different. I feel like, oh, like it, it would get be. so serious. It, oh, it does get serious a little bit in, cl- yeah. in Clerks, but like there's always that 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 raunch to it but i think like apatow it would literally turn into a serious mo- like drama in the, in the I, don't know. I don't
1: know i mean it's it's i mean i, I going off of that. yeah i yeah. do think like if you don't have clerks you don't have funny people I and mean, that's right i think i mean i think early apatow is more comedic sure it's, yeah it's the apatow going through like midlife crisis yeah. and like marriage and kids that's the later more dramatic stuff yeah. um okay i can deal with this cast i like this cast it's good um all right does this film fit with any other genres it's a retail movie. That's, I consider that a genre in a way. Yeah. I think a retail movie is kind of a specific movie.
0: Is um, that a, could that be a subgenre of the contained? It could be. Yeah, if it all, only takes place. Cause there's many that only take yeah. place. In it. but it's like waiting. Yeah.
1: It's like, you don't have, you don't have this, yeah. you don't have waiting. Um, those and the, that care and about the um,
0: the guys that made super troopers, they also made like a, a restaurant movie. I can't remember. Yeah. the name
1: of it Yeah. I mean, a retail restaurant. I mean, yeah. high fidelity is kind of a retail yeah. movie is the thing. Um, i i think high fidelity is is in line with this movie it's like a more it's a more mainstream sure because it's about like a dude who works at a record store yeah going through relationship problems it's very much a a similar thing as, as dante here uh, but yeah i think i think retail movie i mean it's comedy for sure contained day in a life 24 hour movie is what it is too um so is
0: it a coming of age movie in a way I don't think they they necessarily learned any lessons at the end. They do, but they don't like. You, Don, there's no sense that they're gonna like. He's gonna be working at the store, you know, the next day. and in yeah. uh, next month. I
1: mean, I think it's. I think. I think. I mean, I think Don. I mean, I don't know if it's coming of age, yeah. but it, it is. He does learn a lesson of yeah. like, maybe, maybe I should grow up or something. Right. I think that is. So maybe we I mean, can argue. You could argue. You could argue it's coming of age yeah. in some way. Um, I think. I would say no, some because I've seen Clerks too,
0: right? Which is the hard part. It's like because I, you know, that's the on one, its own, yeah, yeah. But that's what I always wish for Dante at the end of this movie. Is like, oh, maybe he'll get his shit together, and grow up. But then you see Clerks too, and you're like,
1: yeah, ten years later, you're like, oh no, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He's now working at movies. Yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> because they burned down the quick stop burned the quick stop. <laughs> um, specifically, Randall left the coffee on. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. And how does this film fit with the contained genre?
0: So, yeah, that was an interesting – because, like, I think I mentioned this to you off-air. like whenever I hear contained, I always – my mind always goes to thrillers. So I think, like, Green Room or, like, The Invitation. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you were mentioning, like, there's always got to be a reason that they're stuck in that place, like, that they can't right. leave. And I feel like this very much fits into that. The reason he's stuck is because he can't get out of his own way. He, yeah. he has no ambition in life, and he, he's just perfectly complacent that's, and happy. That, that's the internal too. struggle, I right. think. The external yeah.
1: struggle is that he he it's the, he can't leave his job. Right, yeah, because <laughs> that, he took that the That specific job. day. Yeah. Uh, because he took the, the, yeah. the shift yeah yeah it's like yeah, there's, there's the internal struggle there yeah. which is true and the external struggle yeah. is there um and i do think there's it, it's having psychological
0: factors as i was gonna say this is you could almost turn it into a thriller movie if you wanted you could, to
1: have, you could if you wanted to it's like it's like if he, if, it, if it ends with him getting shot it right. might be a thriller. Um, But it is, it is kind of, I mean, in a way it is in similar fashion as say mother, I would say it's like, there is a descent into hell with this literally, if it's talking about his, his structure of it with Dante's Inferno, but like it's progressively getting worse for Dante because he's having to reconcile with the things he's done with his relationships and with the Caitlin stuff. Like it's coming to a head, it's building to it as the night's going on or whatever. Which and that's
0: the hard part about like these day in the life movies is it has to be like that day in the life, not a day nope. in the life. It has to be that,
1: that day. Why is
0: everything yeah. happening to right.
1: me on this specific like, day? Like, cause
0: I can see a lot of these things happening to Kevin as he and his friends, as they're working at this place, yes. but there's no way all of these events are happening on one, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's a like, movie. Yeah. It's a movie. But yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I think if it's in all that, I think that's it on clerks. Yeah. Any other final no. words on clerks, David? Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I think, uh, I think like you said, it's always going to hold up because it's always going to be kind of an inspirational, you know, yeah. movie to, to filmmakers. Yeah. Cause I mean, like we said, he's like, he made this with his friends and, yep. and you feel that in the movie. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and like I said it's, it's, this is a movie we saw this with mother last week. And I think even the clerks is more, I think revered than mother is. It's like, you're either on the movies wavelength or you're kind of not. Yeah. And that's a lot of films. And I think if you're into this style, if you're into Kevin Smith's kind of brand of humor, then you'll enjoy it. Uh, if, you aren't and you're expecting a more polished movie you're not gonna get it yeah um so yeah but next week to close out our series on contained movies thomas is coming back to talk about clue one of his favorite movies of all time so be prepared for that um but yeah that's it on clerks if you're a fan of the show or a new listener make sure you subscribe to the nation podcast so you can stay up to date on all of our new episodes you can subscribe to our show on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast stitcher or wherever your podcast and if you haven't already make sure you write us a review on whatever platform to listen to the show on i mean we want to hear what you have to say about the show five star reviews would be great um tell your friends tell your family tell your neighbors tell your convenience store worker at the local one you go to and if you have a video store go tell them Um, But we want to hear what you guys can say. This is kind of how we gain, I guess, traction and uh, more notice. So if you guys can do that, that would be great. And finally, don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. David, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thanks for having me, man. It's been fun. And,
1: And thank you all for listening. Hope you listen to more episodes soon. Bye.